Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. He had this mansion, was a bit of a party mansion, I guess, in Connecticut. And there was two things about this story, which I was quite intrigued by. The first one was that the rule in the house was don't sleep face down on the pillow. Well, okay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the, the the clothes the the bedding of the of the wasn't particularly clean let's say oh yeah okay uh the second one was that the code to get into the mansion was fuck ja rule <laughs> yeah there's a great story about 50 cent and ja rule this this one story that um 50 cents one once bought 200 tickets for the first rows of a ja rule concert <laughs> throw them away so that the first rows of a ja rule concert were empty <laughs> <laughs> that's so petty they hate each other uh, yeah they don't get along and everybody who saw the fire festival documentary knows that we are on 50 cent side right <laughs> I feel like if it all goes down, I'm with 50. Yeah, I would go with 50. He's, he seems like a good dude. He knows the right people. He knows the right people. <laughs> anyway, joining me, Ian McCord, on today's One Football Podcast is Benny Kuhlhoff. Hello. Alex Mott. Hello. And Francesco Porzio. Hello. Podcast at OneFootball.com is where you want to send those emails if you have any questions you think we can answer. Now, that sigh of relief you can hear is every football fan in the world post-international break. And the gasps of shock you can hear are... Those of Manchester United fans upon hearing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been appointed as the club's full-time manager on a three-year contract, which is breaking news. Hmm. Well, let's say relatively breaking news. Uh, fellows, right decision? Wrong decision? What do we think? Um, Take it away, Alex. Alex is hungover, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he, so if you think he's sounding a bit, a, a bit down in the dumps, he's actually just hungover. I think he's not a shots man though. We no, that. Go on. Not. Sorry, Alex. I think it was inevitable. I don't think. I think they had to give it to him. I wouldn't say. I don't think in the long term it's the right choice. I think there's only so far that the United way can get you, <laughs> and I think that'll probably be to the end of the season. But yeah, they had to give it to him. So if I was a Tottenham fan, I'd be very relieved right now. But. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one, really. Um, yeah, I think. Well, you're not so you're not so encouraged. I mean, you no. see that the football under the team has been so much better. You got Pogba revitalized. It it makes sense. Yeah, but it's he's a cheap just putting. Too. He's putting like he's just doing the right thing. He's just doing the complete opposite to what Mourinho did, putting everyone in their right position and just letting them play. But after a while, you have to back that up with proper tactics and. You know, all the boring stuff, which I'm not sure whether... We will see out. next season how good he is yeah. as a manager. So the only risk is that they gave it, gave to him three years contract, which is quite a lot. Well, we yeah. actually got a question about... But also Solari got a two years contract, so... But he's, they're probably not paying him the massive money like they would have had to pay Mourinho and stuff. I, so a three-year contract isn't like that big a deal. Also, they don't have to get him out of a very difficult contract situation yeah, exactly, as they would yeah. with Pochettino. But we got a question from uh, Varun from India who says, do you think it's a safe decision to give Ole a three-year contract and not a five, six-year deal so that he's enough time to settle in and make a difference with his signings? I think if he can't get it done in two, three years, then he's never going to get it done, is he? So a six-year deal would just be... I think there was never in the history 
a six years contract for a manager. Yeah, David, 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 David Moyes. Moyes. <laughs> David Moyes. Really? Alan, yeah. And Alan Pardew at Newcastle. Really? Yeah. 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 So I have a feeling in Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> in Italy, it's two years yeah. maximum, then you're out. I have a feeling David Moyes' contract was still going while Mourinho was in charge. Yeah. So, Varun uh, also adds, great pod, you guys. But why does Lewis sound like a frightened version of Remy from Ratatouille? I've not seen Ratatouille, so I can't comment on that. Isn't he French? Isn't Ratatouille French? It's the, French. Ma- the, the food itself, yes. But I think the film is a Disney movie. So it's not particular. <laughs> Have you seen this? Ratatouille? Yeah. No, my daughter is three now, so I wait four more years till she gets completely out of, bra- out of brain and watching Disney movies. <laughs> and okay. thinking mice can speak. It's a very, very nice movie, by the way. Have you seen Ratatouille? Francesco is 14 years old. He's completely into Ratatouille. It's one of my favorites. He has all the merch. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. He's wearing the t-shirt right now. (laughs) If only you could go to Instagram Live and see this. Uh, So, Benny, international break, Germany, back on top of the world, and all is right with Die Mannschaft. Let's see. One game, and everything changes so fast. So, before the game, we all expected like a 4-0 lose and everything was we're talking about the Netherlands game yeah, by the, the way Netherlands. Yeah. the Serbia game was like it's a friendly Germany and friendly is always bullshit they let play, players play that never played and you can forget that but we uh, and then there was this enthusiasm for the first half like 2-0 up uh, Netherlands our greatest rival in football history uh, down and shocked and then yeah then it shows why we are still in a crisis because like 10 minutes later everything was falling apart already and the 3-2 win in the end wouldn't help the team I would say because they now can say well we won against the Netherlands everything is great but I think there are so many problems in this team oh Um, Oh, so it's a false dawn because everybody was very excited afterwards yeah I know I know that's Germany. So if we win one game, we are very excited, but we tend to forget that there are real problems and they are still there. Do you want to highlight some of those real problems or? Um, I think it's not totally clear how to replace the three big dinosaurs we just uh, <laughs> we just released. Um, there's an unclear situation of Yogi Löw still. So I, I would say if he loses or Place 2-2. One day later, we discuss his position for the next three months. Right now, he's the king of the of the hill because he brought in players he should brought in for the World Cup already. So, great achievement. Yugilov, um, congratulations. Sané, uh, maybe. Sané is one, one of it, but also, um, yeah, some other young players, you should let, just let him start. So, there are promising things with speed and everything, but I think the total control of the game and the dominance that, and even like how opponents see Germany after this World Cup I think this is gone for the next four years oh they so, don't have that air of yeah. you don't go in a Germany game and say oh it's Germany we potentially lose you go there mm. and say hey it's, we can beat them they oh. are. They don't know where they are and uh, I think you see that they are, there's a lot of potential uh, to thrash every team in the world but there's a lot of potential in losing uh, important games too And it could be worse you could be an Irish fan <laughs> yeah that's I mean 1-0 against Gibraltar one told you it was against, a tough game. Oh, you did. You might have said it was a tough game. It's and then one nil against Georgia. Georgia. That's good. Six points. There's a great. <clears throat> it is six points and, and top of the group. That's I would it. say. But this is. Uh, there was actually quite a nice goal in in the Georgia game. But uh, rather disappointingly, in the. F- you know, the players are off celebrating, but the number nine ran up and tried to hoof the ball into the net to celebrate and actually skied it miles <laughs> wide. Mm, yeah, I, I once got uh, yeah. got a red card for this. 
You can get a red card for that? Oh, I, was a def- I was a defender, so my opponent striked a late winner. Yeah. And I was so distracted that I wanted to hammer the ball in the net to express my anger, and yeah. I missed the goal. <laughs> so I get a, a yellow, so a two second yellow card for time playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Leroy Sané looked good, at least for Germany. That's one positive. He is amazing. So I think he would be one of the top 10 players in the world in the next years. Oh. Uh, if he not even is it already, mm-hmm. because he can make the he makes the difference and if he's in a German team he can even make more difference because we have so many standard players who like know to pass and know to stop the ball technically mm-hmm. perfect but they don't have this X factor this X factor and mm-hmm. he has it and uh, he proves it every game I see with him I know he's not playing very regularly or is he playing regularly at Man City right yeah, now yeah he's coming along yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so but every time I see him he makes the difference and um, he's I don't know for me, he's 12 years old. He's still like my little boy. He does look very young, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. But out of this, like in the last year, he got mature out of nowhere. I think like if you if you compare him with players his age who are in the German team, who still look, talk like little shy schoolboys, he's very self-confident. Mm-hmm. And this would really uh, made him, the transfer to Man City made this. So that's I, I think under Guardiola, yeah. sim- in similar to Sterling, he has really developed as yeah. a player. And you, you can see that. Yeah. Did you want to talk about Nico Schultz? Yeah, I just found out he's half Italian. So Francesco told us that one. Yeah. Francesco is very True. sad that he didn't make it as to the Italian national team. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a typical, for me, he's a typical... So he, was not, he was not planning to do that. Yeah. <laughs> for me, he's a typical Yogi Löw player. He is there now, but he can be replaced by the Sebastian Rudis and all the others. Uh-huh. So he's just like the workhorse you need in the somewhere in the pitch. You can throw him everywhere. Matthias Ginter was it for over like four years. He played wherever he can, but mm-hmm. he didn't have, have a, a position. And I think Schultz is this kind of, of character. But He's originally a left back, is that right? I think he plays as a left back, but he can mm-hmm. also play as six. Okay. And like, he made the best out of these two games, I would say. He scored the winner. His face showed, like, he can't believe that what actually happening. <laughs> it did, uh, all right, I saw that. <laughs> so so he, he was the one of the positive things, yes, I would say. But I don't think that he's one of the major parts of the German national team within the next years. Oh, okay. So it was just a brief, uh, a fleeting glimpse. Yes. An ephemeral moment of beauty for... for I don't know half of the words you just said, but I would say yes. (laughs) They were just ones to make me sound smart. They don't really mean anything. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, on the domestic scene, Lucas Hernandez has joined Munich. 80 million. 80 million. Lucas Hernandez. Most expensive transfer in the history of Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is he worth it? Hmm. Tough question. He's good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. 80 million is... You can buy Mauro Icardi now with 80 million. Yeah, so that's also he's quite... damaged goods. <laughs> who yeah, who yeah. wants Mauro Icardi? Exactly. Yeah. When you can have Lucas Hernandez. <laughs> but so we're not we're not so sure he's worth 80 million then. No. But to Bayern is 80 million a huge deal, really? I know it's double the record of their previous... Yeah, Toliso was the Toliso. one before. Mm-hmm. Is it that it big a deal? 41 million, really? so now it's the double, it's the new record. I don't know, like, uh, with the numbers we are seeing nowadays, the thing is, I don't, there is no a comparison, because every time we think about defenders, like... Well, Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, okay, but mm. also, I don't know, Stones was paid. Yeah, uh, 60 million, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, um, Otamendi was 45 million, so what's the comparison? 45 million. Yeah, but if Hernandez takes them into the Champions League semi-finals or the final next year then it, it, it'll be worth I feel that now we don't pay any more I mean we don't pay anything I don't pay nothing but yeah. uh, the clubs don't pay any more the actual value of a player 
they pay more like the potential of a player yeah. mm. and what the player can do in the next two, three, five years to a mm-hmm. club. Because otherwise there is no point to buy it really. Uh, he was he was paid 25 million less than Cristiano Ronaldo if you think about it. Wow. Yeah, but you have to see the situation Bayern has right now. They have Hummels and Boateng, yeah, exactly, which yeah. are both over their over their highest and also it's a release clause at one point you know yeah, so they didn't pay they didn't negotiate it was a release clause they paid that's it oh that's what it was okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so yeah so they so i think they both they gave the both old dinosaurs a sign your time <laughs> is over because we have pavar now we have hernandez now mm. zule is still there so i think both of them I, gone i don't i don't think that i think i would say well Hummels will stay another year, but I think Boateng potentially will leave. Oh, no. Um, well, because he has more like an international approach. So I think he would go. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's he spread, many his, clubs, he spread yeah. his brand. He's got his magazine. Say. He's got yeah, all like, that going he's on. He's managed by Jay-Z and all this. So he's, he has the But potential. he's Rock Nation as well. Yes. Okay. So um, I think there was a... Bayern didn't invest in the quality of the player. He's very good, but I think they spotted a problem in their defense and they spotted an age problem and they have to bring in um, exceptional players and they have their price. So all, they, let's say that all, in defense, well, they're fine the next 10 years. Bayern. But all I would <laughs> yeah. say about Bayern is they can spend as much money as they want, but as long as they've got Nico Kovac as their coach, then that's a problem. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. But he's, a, he's defensively he's very good. So yeah. I think they also have to invest in the offense and this will be very, very interesting to see how many money Money. There were like 100 million spread yesterday for Kai Havertz, which is ridiculous. Um, but in the offense, they really have to pay. If they pay 80 million for a defender, you can see where the direction where it goes. And if Bayern once pays 100 million, they completely destroyed everything they told the public in the yeah. last 10 years that they will never play this game and they, they will always bring up mm. uh, talents from everywhere and whatever so it basically it's, they love to yeah, talk that I feel talk. that after two French players from the national team they need someone like Havertz because he's you know the future of Germany yeah. so they need some I mean I, I don't see uh, or maybe they do it tomorrow but I don't see Bayern buying Gareth Bale who is uh, no, 23 no. years old they will you know, buy Diana they will buy Havertz exactly sure. someone from Germany Brand. that they can yeah. say okay we both uh, Hernandez Pavard yeah. for 100 and mm. how much was it together like 20 million or something know, like that <laughs> but then we both Havertz or yeah. Werner all these players you know so that's what they, they do they now look at the national team who is potential to be there in the next 10 years Sané is I think out of the game because they can't afford him but all the others are on Bayern's list that's for sure and Uli Hoon has already said if you all know what we already have bought or done uh, you would wonder and this was one so I think Werder, Harvard and all this will, is going to happen in the summer. Ooh, busy summer for Bayern then. Yeah, they will, they will go all in. Okay. I guess you were behind in the axing of Muller, Boateng and Hummels for the national team. The way, the way they did it was horrible. Yeah. But there were enough arguments to say, let's, let's cut them and let's try it again. Yeah. Because Boateng and Hummels are such, such strong characters. You can't build a new team around like alpha animals like them, mm-hmm. especially Hummels. And Müller was like, well, he had his years, but I think he's descriptive. So everybody knows how he plays. And this... Mm-hmm basically shows that he's right now a good average good player but not like a world class striker he was but five to or six completely years ago. drop them you know they're never coming back it's just there was a similar they situation never come, they never come back till uh, as long as Joachim Löw is coach well a few, a few years ago McLaren did it with David Beckham and he had to go back to him on his hands and knees and yeah. haul him back it's, up and it was just embarrassing for the coach so yeah. it just, it's just a I don't see why they couldn't have just had a quiet word with them yeah. and said look 
this is the way we're going to go. You're not going to be called up. But there must have been a better way they could handle yeah, it. It was handled absolutely. back. The communication there are no better wasn't... ways because these kind of players they want to leave the national teams. They want they want to live in their way, you know. Yeah. But there is no their ways in these cases. I That's told it. you last week also Buffon. They they oh, yeah. they wanted to do a game mm-hmm. just to say bye to, uh, to Buffon for yeah. the national team, and he said, "Okay, I'm leaving myself. I'm not going to a game. I'm not being called up for that game." So these kind of players who won everything were fundamental for the national team in the last ten years they want to do it in their ways they don't mm. want law to say oh you're off you know yeah. so there's no good way to do that would you have thrown in Neuer as well no okay I would keep him only because of that we need a discussion about the goalkeepers <laughs> uh, but I still think he's not as bad as everyone says so I think he's one still one of the best in the world in Germany we now we have two of the best in the world uh, so the situation is special but um, we had it like years before with Lehmann and Kahn yeah. and like all this we know this, this this situation and potentially in two years testing is the number one but right now Neuer is the number one and I still believe and that's what I said here I, I think a few weeks ago already if you are a striker and you're facing Manuel Neuer in a one-on-one or testing you are still a bit more nervous against Manuel Neuer I would say Ooh. still Alex, you're a, a, <laughs> Alex is grimacing here and he's a former nah. professional footballer so he would know these things again who, with who, this who, this who would, be, news. <laughs> who, would you, who would you be more scared going up against I think right now to Stegen Neuer's got I don't know he just seems to have a bit of a mistake in him nowadays whereas he knows yeah yeah Okay, well, we do talk about But they're about both, it. obviously, they're still both world-class. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bayern and Dortmund in action this weekend. Not much to talk about there. Nope, no, it's now. They're all waiting for the game next week. It's the big clash. They're classicer. I hate this phrase, but yeah. <laughs> so this is the game that decides the championship, but not this week. It's okay. next week. We'll get more excited about that then. Yes, Yeah. Okay. for sure. Um, did you want to mention Schalke? Because they've got a pretty important game. Every game is important now for my favorite and hard <laughs> Every game is a final. <laughs> so we play against the worst team right now in the Bundesliga, and if we lose, I think that's it. Things fall apart completely. Um, I'm not very optimistic because even the coach, who is like an 80 year old grumpy Dutchman who saved the club 100 times, said, "Hope Stevens." Basically, I don't have the right players to go to this uh, <laughs> part of the season. They're all injured. He just uh, brought Bentaleb to the second team. Why? Uh, so there was like he didn't show up for the last game in uh-huh. the stadium um, and this was like disciplinary reasons mm-hmm. uh, like the coach said but then two days later they found out that Bentaleb got twins um, and oh. there was struggle in the in the hospital and he potentially forgot to call the club or whatever mm. so so he's one week now in the second team I think they they want to make him nervous and then they want to bring him back as strong as possible but I don't know if he's the kind of character that takes this right so mm. I don't know if now is a good time to be messing around with that sort of psychology oh uh, yeah I don't know I think the team itself needs some um, strong hand and like an old grandpa who like screams in the in the dressing room and like sorts out all the kind of players who are mm-hmm. assholes so why not try it okay Please. you wanted to mention Hanover yeah, there was a big thing in Hannover. So uh, we have this single bias rule in Germany still. Uh, hallelujah. Mm. Um, and Hannover was one of the clubs that had the potential to... Um 
get rid of it to get rid of it mm. because uh, the president Martin Kind is an investor for like 20 years now and after 20 years you are allowed to bring in your like the, the single buyer thing but on this last um, club uh, meeting the fans voted basically everyone who is against Martin Kind in this uh, in this gremium that will watch after him so he has no no weapons to put it through mm. his idea to buy this whole club or take over the whole club which is very good for German club culture and amazing for Hannover fans not so good for Martin Kind who of course invested a lot of money in the club and is is not as bad as people make him but it's good for the single buyers rule in Germany that there's a sign that active fans can stand up and work against some the plans of a president or whatever so it was mm. very good would be nice to see that from a fan perspective mm. but probably not gonna, would be nice to see it elsewhere But yeah, yeah. I think in other leagues, I look at the Premier League. It's a bit too late. Yeah, but yeah, maybe okay. a little. Uh, so Alex, mm. another two games for Gareth Southgate. Another two wins. Another likable team performance. <laughs> My big question is this: If he can fix the English national team, yeah. how long before he can fix Brexit? <laughs> Right, I mean, <laughs> if you can fix one impossible situation, do you think does he want to do that? <laughs> yeah. Surely you can It's fix. It's easier two. to fix England, the uh, <laughs> national team. Oh, I don't know. We were pretty bad for a long time. They were bad. <laughs> um, so what? I mean, so yeah. Yeah, good. no, it's been an amazing period, really, to be mm. an England fan. The past two games, I think there's probably three things that he'd be pleased with. The young players coming in and doing so well, Sancho, Rice, Hudson Odoi were all really good. Don't mention uh, that name around. <laughs> the depth. England never had depth before. It was like 15 players were always in the squad. And then you'd get David Nugent and Matt Jarvis and all these sort of players coming in. Um, but we've got proper depth now, you know, like Stones and Gomez were both out. Mm. I don't really like Keenan Maguire, but they both played pretty well coming like Ra in. Rashford was out too. Exactly. And Lingard yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, and then Raheem Sterling, the way he sort of oh. stepped up. And he just looks like one of the top five players in the world at the moment. Every single day, I thank the Lord for Raheem Sterling. Yeah, he's, he's, but he's not also... <laughs> that's a bit excessive, I guess. <laughs> but you know, we're in the we're, we're in the mood for it. Uh, he, Imagine um, Ian waking up. He's Irish. <laughs> and And I'm, and I'm not even a Man City fan. <laughs> My dad was a Man City fan, in fairness, but uh, but not 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 necessarily just on a footballing level. Because no, that's really, a, but as on a personal level, to yeah. see him stand up to people and say, you know, fuck you to racists. He's a proper leader. Um, I think it was Sancho and Hudson Odoi both came out after the games this past week and said that he has sort of like brought them into the squad and is like an older brother to them, mm -hmm. which is great. And he, I think he's a future England captain. To be perfectly honest, wow. yeah, I think he's. Absolutely mm. class. Just the the whole the way he's gone about everything since the World Cup has just been mm. perfect. So. Handles himself brilliantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, amazing. Um, Jordan Pickford, happy with that? Uh, I never know what to think of Jordan Pickford. I think he should have done better with the Montenegro goal. Um, he gets beat, he gets beaten too easily for me, and he's got a mistake in him. But who else is there really? The reason he's in the team is because of how good he is with his feet. There's no one else like that. There's no one, no other English keeper like that at all. Tom Heaton's a good goalkeeper, but that's not his game. 
and yeah, I mean, it's there's best, no best of a bad bunch, I think. Basically, there's no different. alternative deal. Basically, yeah. So keeping up with my brick <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. yeah, he is the backstop. Okay. Um, did you did you see this Harry Kane story by the way? Football just on Which, a tangent. Oh. He wants to go be American football. Yeah, I mean, he said that because Tottenham just opened a stadium with a football pitch under their normal pitch. With an American football. Yeah. Did they? Yeah. 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 So they will hold wow. ten games per season in the Tottenham Stadium. What should he say for a promotional reason? <laughs> no, 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 no. I no, want no. to go You're to the very NFL. cynical, man. Yeah, he's so cynical. <laughs> Imagine spending a week with this man. Uh, what did he say? He was. He's best friends with Tom, with uh, not Tom Brady. Friends. He, he's friends with Tom Brady. Ah, mm. he wants to be a kicker wants, in, Amer- in American football. Oh, yeah? is what he said today. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not being bad, right? Did you ever? Tom Brady is a very good friend of Donald Trump. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. They, so Kane w- is a friend of Donald Trump. <laughs> I think, yeah, right. by proxy. I'm yeah. not being bad, but the kicker <laughs> in American football has to be the easiest position. What? <laughs> It's not. All you got to do is just stand there and right. kick it. Oh, wow. Can we talk about real it. football in this podcast? <laughs> it's the toughest position. No, quarter. I would argue that in all of sport, quarterback is the hardest position. No. But just running and kicking a ball, yeah, but I can do that. They have these situations where like, they can decide games. And all the kickers, are, like, yeah. if you go for total points in NFL, yeah. kickers are always on top because they score the most points. They are fired when they, when they miss two kicks or whatever. That's yeah. the toughest position in football Easy. From, a, from a psychological way. Psychological but in from American physical. football. Like you don't even have to train to be the kicker. Did you ever kick a football? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's me shut. That was my thirty seconds about American football. Let's go back to I, the proper sport. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I totally ignore you. He looked he, at his phone. He actually picked <laughs> up I mean, his, he always looks at his phone. But he actually picked up his phone. We are happy that he's not actually calling someone right yeah. now. But, I uh, should probably <laughs> the, list, the listeners should know if you ever meet Francesco in the wild. Yeah, he, the guy with the phone. His, he's the guy with his phone to yeah. his ear. He's, he's working on deals. He's talking to people. That's, <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's Did you people. tell the story it, that you were on the on the front page of uh, Gazeta Sport? What? Yeah, you're on the front page. No, of not front page on, uh, on the website. Yeah, on the website. I didn't hear this. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah. Because I was in Frankfurt uh, three weeks ago for yeah. Eintracht Inter. And you weren't one of the fans like throwing bottles or starting a fight or yeah, something Yeah, like exactly. That. I was yeah. one of them. No, and so the day before mm-hmm. the game, there is like the press conference and the walk around of the team and the pitch and everything. So occasionally I was behind um, Giuseppe Marotta, the Inter uh, general director, and they took a picture of me and him like... The, we seem very close, but we actually, there's like 50 meters probably between us. Okay. And it's funny because it seems that I'm everything but a journalist in that moment. Like yeah. I'm like a bodyguard or something. <laughs> you did a selfie? Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and so that's I it. don't mean this in a bad way, Francesco. I don't think you're ever going to pass as a bodyguard. No. <laughs> Me and you, we've got sort of similar stature. Benny's yeah. more likely to be the bodyguard. I'm the you're, bouncer, you're probably but right. <laughs> but, you know, like those secret service guys, you well, know. Sometimes they've got know. those weird you skills. Know, this, exactly, this exactly. Yeah, with yeah, one yeah, move yeah. While, mm-hmm. while I have to punch them in the face all the time. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm running away in the opposite yeah. direction. Um, let's get back to England for a second in our actual talk here, Alex. Sterling Kane Sancho, England have the potential to have the best attacking lineup. Yeah, across I Europe think, don't they yeah I think they probably do and no, not even a Rashford in there and then that and then that goes back to the depth point that I was mm. talking about earlier you've got like uh, Callum Wilson Hudson-Odoi Jesse Lingard Adam Lallana even and then Reese Nelson Adam O'Lookman Damari Gray all these people playing Premier League football who are all playing really well I think we haven't had like depth like this mm-hmm. ever I don't think so yeah it's really yeah it's weird 
being an England fan and mm. being optimistic it's never <laughs> happened in my life so if you see yeah. the squad that uh, England played in 2017 the under I think was under 17 mm. under 19 yeah, yeah, they final won the Cup, yeah. it's incredible yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there is all these players that now are so good, probably two, three years ago, very few people knew about. Yeah. And you know, when you see these kind of teams, like <clears throat> some of them, they don't exist anymore yeah, after yeah, two, three yeah. years. There are some in second division. Yeah, in, usually in some this, of them fall apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. In this case, they are all in the top teams. But Rashford's going to have to work hard to get back in the England team now. Which That's amazing. It's amazing, yeah. yeah. So it says it all, really. Uh, we got a question for you, Alex, from oh. Pedro Bahia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Oh. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like how I handled that. Is he a brother of um, the Ec- former Barcelona goalkeeper? goalkeeper. Vitor Bahia. Vitor Bahia. Yeah. I don't know. Pedro. Get in touch. Where, Pedro. where was Vitor from? Portugal. Portugal, yeah. Well, I think Pedro might be Brazilian. Hmm. So How do you know? Because of the name, Pedro. Pedro said it in his email, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Pedro at Brazil.com? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> With Fulham and Huddersfield practically guaranteed uh, to be in the championship next season, which team do you think will be the third to go down? PS, who's mm. coming up? Any chance for Aston Villa? Um, going down, I said at the start of the season, Burnley. Yeah. And I'm not going to change my mind now. Okay. Um, they level on points with Cardiff. Um, and then their last four games of the season are Chelsea, Man City, Everton and Arsenal. So they've got a very difficult run Everton, in. it's an easy one. Uh, yeah. They've got a difficult run in. They're not playing particularly well. They haven't won in four. Um, so yeah, I'm going to stick with Burnley. Coming and then up? coming up, Norwich, absolutely 100%. They can't lose at the moment and they're playing really good football. Um, Sheffield United, a second at the moment. I think they've got momentum with them. And big up to Chris Wilder, their manager. He was at mm. Oxford when I was there and he was a, he was a top bloke. So it's really nice to see did him you do play, well. Did you play under him? I Just as I'd left, he came in. So okay. like we just crossed over. But, um, so it's all fake news this when he played. <laughs> but he was, there's um, no connection. He was, a, he was a nice bloke and yeah, it's really good to see him do well and come through the divisions. Um, and then for the playoffs, I think Pedro, is, that's a good shout with Aston Villa. It's all about momentum. We saw with Fulham last year that they sort of mm. went on an amazing run at the end of the season and... Uh, went up Villa are the same I think they've won five of their last six and they're scoring goals so. no leads no no I'd, as much as I'd like to see Leeds get up I just think I just don't think they're going to have enough they've sort of they lost to Sheffield United before the international break I think they've got Millwall this weekend which would be a that's always a feisty game that's a tough so, test yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I'm going to go with Villa I think okay yeah. elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend Liverpool v Tottenham now if Liverpool were ever to prove they're going to win the league. Mm. This is the game you want to prove it in. Yeah, I think of the of their remaining games, they've got two this game, and I think they've got. I can't remember else they've got to play, but this is one where you could, on paper, see them dropping points. Um, but I think what hasn't really been spoken about, which I think will have a really big impact on the run-in, is who's playing first. Liverpool are the last game of the weekend, whereas Man oh, City are the first. Yeah. And I think City have Man City weekend. go above them hmm. with a win against Fulham. That will play on Liverpool's minds. Mm. As much as they will say it won't, it really will. And that like psychology is going to be really interesting. I think there's however many games, eight left of the season. Which team plays first, Liverpool or Man City in the weekend? You're bringing really that from your professional football well, experience. Well, I just think they, they will Again. say, like, we only focus on ourselves, but... They don't. It, that, yeah, that's a lie. Yeah, it? it'll let's, be... Let's dismiss that. If, yeah. you know, if City do go ahead of them with a win this weekend, then it's up to Liverpool to to do the same and that's always more difficult so. Spurs have just one point from the last four games though yeah I think 
Is it tiredness? What are, I don't. I'd wor- I, to be honest, I'd worry if I was a Spurs fan. They look like a team that haven't refreshed in two transfer windows, which obviously they haven't. They're focusing all their efforts on the Champions League, I think. Um, and as much as. Wow, imagine Spurs won the Champions Yeah, and I think as much as they're saying it isn't, the stadium thing is really playing on their mind. Oh, yeah. I, I actually think the stadium news now is it's happened at the best time for them really because they have looked like they've been struggling they, they, they don't want to be at Wembley anymore so yeah I'd, I would worry a bit if I was Spurs to be does, honest does, the stadium looks very spick and span yeah it does it? look amazing yeah amazing, it really yeah. does look amazing and they have they don't have the cheese room which is no they don't have the cheese room but they have the longest bar in Europe yes I, I and dog toilets <laughs> What? <laughs> there are dog toilets in the stadium, so you can bring your dog to a football game. Isn't that amazing? You're not allowed to bring your dog to a football stadium. There are dog toilets in the stadium, so why should they bring them in? Is it for guide dogs, possibly? Oh, there are dog races, like in the old Wembley stadium? <laughs> <laughs> no. Derry used to have that when I used to go watch them. They'd have like a, a greyhound track around yeah. the stadium. For betting. Yeah. No, what? no I mean, <laughs> extra money. I once won uh, 60 pounds in a dog race in Wembley. That's my dog How? race story. Like dog racing How is impossible story to that predict. this guy has? Every time there's <laughs> <No>. like a... <laughs> Everything. I spent... Uh, what, what did I buy for 60 pounds in London as a 14-year-old guy? Probably a pint. <laughs> yeah. A Kangol cap that, wear, that Samuel L. Jackson is wearing. Wow! <laughs> did you really? Did you wear a it to the one, yeah. I, bound it, I brought it on... I think it was a fake one on mm-hmm. Kensington Market. So it was definitely fake. Yeah, so whatever. <laughs> but I... Uh, I paid sixty pounds for it. Wow! That was all my all my win. Smart move. Proud to wear it. <laughs> Looked like Jeez. a dickhead. Jeez. Um, Alex, so as we were, we might have just touched upon. You were a professional, top professional footballer. <laughs> top professional footballer. Um, yeah. Does it actually make a difference when you're playing at like your proper home ground? Um, no, no, it doesn't. Oh, okay. Um, oh wow! I mean, it, otherwise everyone would win at home all the time, and obviously they don't. But I think, having said that, the the Wembley thing is obviously affecting Spurs just because it's become a thing and it's, you know, players are going onto the pitch having that in the back of their heads. I think the biggest thing is the pitch. As long as the pitch is fine and the Mm. conditions are okay, then you don't really care. And that's the biggest problem, really. The Wembley pitch is crap. It's so bad. It's an embarrassment. And it's hampering the way Spurs play now. So, yeah, they'll be desperate to get to their new place. And, yeah, okay. from the videos that I've seen, it does look incredible. So they so. played the first time this weekend there? or No. No? No, no it's at Anfield. And then it's this this weekend there is Inter forever against Spurs Legends, which is a huge game. Yeah, it's the, and the stadium. It's the second yeah, test. And then on, uh, on Wednesday they play the first time, right? Uh, yeah. It's next Wednesday, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next yeah. Wednesday. Against Crystal Palace. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay, it doesn't make a difference then. No, no not really. Okay, good no. to know. Uh, final question for you, Alex, mm. from Noah Buriyuyu. <laughs> I hope I pronounced that right. I really hope, Noah. I'm, Buriyuyu, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Uh, I love this podcast and listen to it every week coming home from boarding school. Wow. Boarding uh-huh. school. I'm going to have to follow the trend of being shocked about your appearances. <laughs> because even though it was mentioned almost every single week, I'm still getting used to seeing your faces on YouTube. Nothing personal, by the way. <laughs> it's not taken personal. No, don't worry. Uh, well, Noah ask with the signing of Batchwayi and names such as Zaha, Juan Biasca, Schlupp and Townsend... <laughs> Are Crystal Palace capable of trubbing bigger clubs now? Or is that a bit far-fetched? Um, I'm not sure if I put Jeffrey Schlupp in, the, in that list, to be honest. No. But I think it, no, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, 
We'd like the, them to. The, the biggest think. thing for Palace next season is obviously keeping their better players. Zaha, Wambasaka, Max Meyer. And I think if they keep that group together... Did I just hear Max Meyer? I think he's, a good, he's been really good this season when he's yeah, gone he off. Um, yeah. <laughs> and if they keep their players smart recruitment, then I don't see why they can't challenge Wolves. If you, and I actually dug into this. Oh, OK. If you look at their season... It's the complete opposite of what you'd expect because Selhurst Park is meant to be this like really intimidating ground or like the most intimidating in the Premier League. They've actually got the. Hang on, I've written it, written this down. He's just a little bit hungover. Yeah. It just takes a moment. Sorry, uh, they've got the second worst home record in the Premier League, oh. but the best away record out of out, any club outside the top. Yeah, they won everywhere against City. Yeah, they won, so uh, that is unusual. For yeah, yeah, I, I was shocked when I saw that because I thought it'd be the complete opposite. So if they can keep that away record going next season and improve improve the home record then they could be okay like challenging well a bit of positivity stuff. there for yeah, Crystal Palace I have a question Ian go on can you again read all these names because it <laughs> sounds like a weird poem from a from a country I've never been close your eyes everyone who's listening and, <laughs> okay. and you are just reading what just say the names just the, just the sentence with the names from Bachwai in a kind of rhythm With the signing of Batshuayi and names such as Zaha, Juan Biasco, Schlup and Townsend, are Crystal Palace capable of troubling bigger clubs? Amazing. Great. Schlup and Townsend. Schlup. Schlup's you can, you can see that he's coming from theatre, you know. Yeah. There is a... He, so was I'm, art. Just wa I'm just waiting for his theatre anecdote. Juan Biasco, Schlup and Townsend. Yeah. Great. I didn't even practice it. No. Wow. Just, that's, that's me. Just Professional. Yeah. So as we say each week, podcast on onefootball.com is the place to send any questions you want to discuss. Mark Giacco has just done just that. Emailing from Toronto, Canada. Love this show. Listen every week. Uh, he goes and say, Francesco must be crazy. Oh, finally. Yes. Here we go. Thank you for that. Finally. Yes. Verification. We knew this already. Francesco must be crazy if he thinks Juventus would straight swap Dybala with Icardi. One is all class and the other is nowhere near Juventus material. His wow. shtick and his wife would never last at Juve. But you, I mean, like we said, Francesco has his phone to his ear. He's a proper journalist. You feel like it is a, <laughs> it is getting there. I mean, oh, no, I, said, I said it's possible. I didn't say it's impossible, you know. Okay. So for sure, my friend here, Mark, uh, yeah. has to know that Juventus wanted Icardi in the last two seasons, last two summers. So it's a fact that Juve really likes Icardi. And I think, honestly, that we are a little underestimating now Mauricardi in the last weeks after all this happened because he scored more than 115 goals with Inter in the last five years. That's so it's not a bad record. No. You know, Inter wasn't a good team in the last five years. So that means that if he goes to Juve, he can score, of course, the same amount of goals in the next years. Uh, I mean, the swap with Dybala... It's a possibility. It would be financially a good idea, I said last week, and I still think so. If it's possible, we're going to see that in the next weeks. But uh, I think that Juve, that Juve wants Icardi, it's very, very, very likable, honestly. Okay. Icardi, Ronaldo and Mandzukic in the front row is kind of threatening to me. That's quite good, isn't it? It's a, maybe it's the badass uh, front row in Europe. Oh, I see where you're going with that, yeah. yeah. The question is, how long is Ronaldo going to stay at Juve? I don't think a lot, well, honestly. Well, at least another two seasons, no? No, I Would think... Would? I think, honestly, it really depends on this season. If he wins, if the, he wins the Champions League, he's going to leave. He's off, yeah. That's Juve, I, Juve uh, I mean, of course they want uh, Ronaldo, but he costs 60 million per year uh, 
Brutto. Into Miami start next year, don't they? In twenty twenty. So that's I think that the David Beckham. I think the ideal the ideal scenario is that he's gonna stay two years and then he leaves. Yeah. Uh, but if he wins already this year the Champions League there is no point to him to stay because what else can he do win the Coppa Italia mm. I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> oh, Juve is so expensive Cristiano Ronaldo uh, even for them so oh. it was amazing an amazing year but you know we won everything so thank wow. you for that yeah, that's quite a revelation but we're gonna see that in the next month or so okay well you'll be on top of that of course we will um, one other question for Francesco so Again. Mark thinks you're crazy but he has another question for you okay. uh, what do you think of the stadium issue and can you shed some light as to why half the stadiums in Italy are half empty and or falling apart in this football mad country mm. Uh, and maybe you could segue into a bit of Milan and yeah, I think Inter talk uh, he's he's for sure right. Yeah. So the stadium situation in Italy it's very bad. There are only I would say three, four stadiums in Serie A that are good. Uh, for sure, the Juventus one, Udinese, uh, Frosinone, and uh, Sassuolo, and probably that's it if you think about the big teams uh, Roma and Lazio are, are sharing a stadium that it's owned by the council uh, no it's owned by the um, Olympic uh, committee oh, okay uh, Inter and Milan are sharing a stadium that's owned by the, um, the, the city council and uh, Napoli is falling apart basically the, the yeah. San Paolo stadium uh, so for sure it's uh, one so they don't own them that's why they're not investing any money in them is that, is that basically I mean what it is? that's partially true but also Manchester City doesn't own Etihad Stadium and they have an amazing stadium don't they? No. Yeah, but that was built brand new for the Commonwealth yeah, Games. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. So. so the infrastructure are the main problem for sure. And then we can switch to San Siro part, which is the most interesting part. Um, basically, Inter and Milan need another stadium. Uh, they spend a lot of money on San Siro. They renew it for the Champions League final in 2016, uh, I think was the, in, the, yeah, yeah. in Italy. And But they need, they desperately need another stadium. They tried to do it separately, but they saw that financially probably it's not uh, convenient for the teams. And also they want to refer to the American model uh, where like, I think in New York, two football teams share the same stadiums, I think. Mm. Um, so consider that Milan is owned by an American fund, Inter is owned by a Chinese um, group. So their first idea is to make a stadium that's financially sustainable and financially important for the both clubs in the next future, which San Siro now is not, even if they are making a lot of money out of Would it. Would they knock down San Siro and build on that? That's the big that? question. Of okay. course, everyone is against the idea of uh, destroying San Siro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a monument. It's like exactly. the Colosseum. Uh, it's a Colosseum of football. Exactly. No, the, someone no, said it's like yeah. destroying the Colosseum on the Duomo of Milan, you know? That's uh, what I said. For my father, it's still the best football stadium in the world. He for was me, it's still the best football stadium in the world. It was there in 1990. I, I agree. <laughs> Never again. I agree with that. So <laughs> they will find, I think they will find a solution to not destroy San Siro, to find another solution, maybe um, make him like the national team stadium, or I don't know. Uh, consider also that Milan is running for the Olympics in 2026. Oh. And the idea mm. was to 
make San Siro the stadium for the Olympic game. Uh, so if they they want to destroy it, I don't know what they want to do yeah. with the Olympic games. So mm-hmm. that's another topic that we um, still on the table. Is but it, is it the only stadium in the world where the biggest rivals share that the biggest rivals share in football? I can't think of another one. No. Probably Man probably City is. and Man United shared a stadium for a while after the war because of I, I can't remember oh, maybe Old Trafford the main road was bombed um, I think Old Trafford but that was my that's the only one I can think of immediately hey for sure not in South America I think it's South America and it's not for sure there no um, can I mean, you think of any other can you Europe must be like in London no Mm-hmm. Buenos Aires definitely no no because mm-hmm. it's a very Italian thing to share the stadium you know it's very common in Italy we have the, most of the big teams in Italy used to share the stadiums even Turin Roma oh really uh, yeah okay. they all, okay. always share the same stadium uh, yeah Lazio and Roma exactly yeah, exactly stadium. so it's a very Italian thing uh, I don't think how, I don't know how this is gonna end uh, we will know for sure in the next weeks because until March, April, Inter and Milan has to present the idea. Mm-hmm. The mayor of, of Milan said that he wants to make uh, like the, uh, some benefits have to go to the to the city. Basically, they will find a deal, I think. Uh, I think they what everyone wants at the end is to not destroy San Siro, yes. even the clubs. I uh, so we'll see. I got to meet your dad someday. <laughs> so, so many. I'm so living many, in the 90s. <laughs> so many things I want to hear from him, from him directly. Um, speaking of Italy, two matches for Roberto Mancini. Two wins. Two wins. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, quite easy games against Finland and Liechtenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, last time the Italy won with six goals difference was 1993 against Liechtenstein. Against was Malta, I think. Oh, was that? I thought it was Liechtenstein. Was Malta. Were you, even, were you even bored by no, that? No, I wasn't bored. I wasn't bored. <laughs> but Mancini scored a brace in that. Ah, okay. Did he really? Yeah. Oh wow. So let's say that. It's a situation now that everyone is happy about the national team uh, mm-hmm. compared to how we were one year ago at the mm-hmm. same time. It's ju- just amazing to see that. Uh, I said already last week, but I'm gonna rephrase now because I think it's I have more facts to prove that. Um, what Mancini brought is the confidence, basically. Um, all the managers before him, even the one that won, even Lippi, they were all saying, we don't have young players. And Mancini now is playing all the young players. Ken didn't even play for Juventus until two, two weeks ago, basically. Mm. And he scored two goals in the first two games with the national team. So He's given 18 debuts, I read. Which yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, That's it's great. Just that yeah. he's like 25. Yeah. We were talking about him like in the last two, three years. But yeah. uh, he he's a very good prospect. And Mancini is playing them. Like they are at the center of the... Like Quagliarella played against Liechtenstein. But, you know, it's more, you know, short term. Like he yeah. knows that Quagliarella, if it's fit, he's going to the Euro in 2020. But he's not really uh, trusting on that. You know, he knows that he's there, but he wants to use other players. So Mancini until now did an amazing job and um, nothing to say more honestly we got a question about uh, is it Moisey Keen? yeah um, Moisey Moisey yeah, it's sometimes sounds, when I read it sometimes I, I'm, I'm mistaken for being Irish because Moisey Keane just sounds like an, an Irish name <laughs> for some reason uh, is he the real deal asks Anthony Zacchino uh, for who? You were for the national team I think <laughs> just in general because there is a lot of hype around him yeah, at the moment uh, I think he's really good um, really, really good. Like, <clears throat> and he he scored when he went to Verona, Elas Verona uh, last year. 
um, the sporting director of Elas Verona said in an interview that if he was not injured, Elas Verona could stay in Serie A. And I actually agree with that because they didn't have a striker at the end of the year. Um, it doesn't look uh, 18. It looks like more 23, mm. 24. And mm. it's helping a lot his uh, performances. And uh, we have also to say that now is a problem for Juventus at the end. Why? <clears throat> because um, they got Cristiano Ronaldo. They just renewed the contract of Mandzukic. Uh, they have Dybala still. They might go for Riccardi. There is no space for him. Do you think he'll get a chance this weekend with Ronaldo's? Injury? Yeah, yeah. Now in the next like two, three months, for yeah. sure he will play a lot in Serie yeah, he's, he's only 18, Francesca. They don't need to play him. They can just you know hold on to him. the agent of Moise Kim, oh. Mino Raiola. Oh, okay. And uh, his contract is... Uh, well, that was nice while it lasted. <laughs> <laughs> his contract is ending in 2020. So if they don't renew, and if they renew, they have to promise him... Uh, things like you're gonna play if Ooh. not here in some yeah. other clubs in the next two three years uh, I can see him away from Juve this summer already What's he was very close to Milan this, uh, this winter so there are clubs already interested in him what's the story about his dad being owed a couple of tractors uh, so basically um, his dad said in an interview uh, that Juve promised him two tractors in the contract and then he never received them at the end so he was blaming Juve for not respecting the deal mm -hmm. but uh, his father's in Ivory Coast yeah and I think yeah no I think, no, I think he's in Italy oh he's in Italy no he might be in Italy yes, he also so. said that he wants to candidate for the League North which is a very far right <laughs> political party in Italy okay. and uh, you know Give this man they don't like My black God. people let's say uh, and uh, you know <laughs> Uh, so, so he was. They don't like immigrants more than anything. Okay, so, so he didn't get his tractors. He didn't get them, and okay. but Keen himself, in a, you know, with an Instagram story, he said, "Shut up, you know, I grew up with my mom. You shouldn't say any word about me and my counter situation." So, so he wants to make some promo around him. But exactly, and uh, that's yeah. very similar to the Balotelli case when he, when Balotelli mm -hmm. became famous, all his family in back in I think mm -hmm. was in Ghana, uh, they all saying about Balotelli. We're talking about Balotelli, and Balotelli step up and said, "My real family." the Italian one that adopted me uh, in 1992 so don't talk to me anymore and um, that's what they did actually Keane's mother gave an interview recently it was quite nice yeah 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 where so, she uh, she said in a Giovanni who I think is his, is uh, Mosey's brother yeah yeah uh, asked me for a little brother one night I dreamed of Moses uh, he had come to help me and four months later I was pregnant again And that's why it's called Moses. And that's why it's called Moses, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she dreamt that Moses had come to help her and so... But his name's not Moses though, it's Moise. Uh, but but Mo that's the Italian <laughs> well, version. Is that, that the Italian, Italian version? version? No, it's not Italian version. <laughs> oh, okay. Maybe, I don't know. It's a spelling mistake. So yeah. there is a little, I don't know, suspicion under the story. Maybe, right? I don't want to... No, no, no. Maybe, just, maybe I'm wrong. Just had a religious I'm dream, not a very religious person, as you yeah. might know, but maybe you can't, by law, put the name of uh, Moses of oh, Moses. That might be true. Yeah, there are Moses there are Moses uh, 
Yeah, in, yeah. I, maybe in Italy, uh, ah, because yeah. I don't know, I don't have any friends called Jesu. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, she continued on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of money coming in. I worked at a treatment facility and often did night shifts. Then one day he called me at five thirty in the evening. I was going to work in Nizza Monferrato. Monferrato, yeah, it's very close to Turin. Uh, yeah, I got scared. I thought something had happened to him. Instead, he says to me, "Mom, there's a surprise for you." I replied, "Don't tell me you." didn't sign for Juve he said no mom I've signed you don't have to work anymore and you can live with me in Turin that's quite nice isn't that's it that's nice very nice like he seems a really nice guy honestly yeah. uh, so the contraposition with Balotelli it's kind of clear now that the bad guy is Balotelli and the good guy is Moise Keane. they have the yeah. same agent okay. they have a lot of things in common uh, I think Keane's future is brighter than Balotelli, honestly, in the next, at least in the next two, three years. But we all thought Balotelli was going to be the greatest thing ever and didn't quite work out. I yes. still think Balotelli is a very good player, very yeah, talented. But maybe didn't Ten years ago, we were potential. thinking that he was going to be the next Vieri, the next star of Italy. Didn't make it. So the hope is that Keane will be better than him especially mentally it seems to be so uh, we see I think it's fundamental for him to play honestly so there is no point to stay mm -hmm. at Juve if they yeah. don't have the chance to play I mean he has to play yeah but Palotelli brought some great stories to world football that's it that's, that's true that's also worth help our numbers Mario thanks <laughs> um Viali. Viali. Remember back in the business Gianluca. remember Viali Gianluca Viali and the white was the other guy Mancini. No, oh, the, the white... Oh, the white feather. Ravanelli. Ravanelli. Was he the white feather? Mm, was yes. that his name? Mm, yeah. Wow. He, I have a feeling he was like European top goal scorer when he joined Middlesbrough. It was something ridiculous that that. <laughs> anyway, he's buying some... Uh, Sampdoria. Sampdoria. Yeah. Not Fiorentina. No, not Fiorentina. Sampdoria. As I had previously got wrong. Um, he's buying Sampdoria, not him personally. He's fronting it. Is that what it is? He's or? like, there is um, American investors that want to buy Sampdoria. And like, he's the image, like the, he's the person that... The face. The face of it. Yeah. I mean, with these kind of things in the past, we saw that some of these funds used images of the past to, you know, cover some things. David Platt, Palermo. Exactly, Palermo <laughs> is one example. Uh, but also with Milan, the Chinese owners, uh, owners. Mm. Uh, they used Maldini, was it? They, they tried to get Maldini and Maldini yeah. refused. Yeah. And then that was at the beginning of the end but of the Chinese ownership. But but honestly, we all know how Vial is and if it puts his name or something like that, I think... These Americans are involved with the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, so they've yeah. got like... Yeah. No, no, it's legit. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that in the past, especially in Italian yeah, football, yeah, yeah. we had bad examples of these kind of mm. things. But, but this time, really, diff it seems really different. And uh, there will be an amazing deal for Ferrero, which is the president of Sandoy right now. He got the team for free. Oh, and now he's making a hundred millions. And Vial is a smart dude. He's a smart dude. He's a idol in uh, Sandoria. Mm -hmm. Recently, also what what happened to him? Uh, yeah. You know, everyone is still very close to him. So if honestly, if he puts his name on, on such a yeah. such a such a thing, I think we can all trust Vialli, and that's what Sampdoria fans want right now. Is he the Italian Eric Cantona, or what? How would you? What do you mean, like as a, as a player, like as a, a cult figure? No, like as an iconic figure. figure, I think. No, I think Cantona is way more, uh, I would say... Out there. Yeah, exactly. I, I think everybody loves Viali. 
Whereas I think Cantona might be a more dividing people. Bialik's a very yeah. discreet person. Oh, okay. Like he he's on he was on TV before uh, what happened to him a lot. Like he was mm. part of the Sky uh, commentators team, and uh, he seemed to be very quiet and calm. And mm. he also lives in London. Still lives in London. Yeah. So, oh, he still lives in London. Yeah, yeah he still lives oh, in great. London. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He has a he has a company now. He's part of a company that they do crowdfunding basically oh. with the teams, like they did with Norwich recently. So he's in that business. Okay. We all wish Good him for well. him. Yeah. We all wish him well. Yeah, 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 of okay. course. Well, that's all from us today. My thanks to Benny, Alex, and Francesca. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast hit, you can check us out on there. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast.onefootball.com.